0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I am thrilled to be speaking with the passionate and very dedicated to music, David Joseph of School of Rock Chapel Hill. David took a leap of faith back in 2017 and left his corporate gig to start a music school. David is the owner and general manager of School of Rock in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which is a franchise of THE School of Rock, inspiration for the movie with the same name. David reminds us that our life skills are transferable, so we should always aim to find something that we love and take it out into the world. This shows up so much in David's dedication to the success not only of his School of Rock location, but also in how he supports the success of his students and staff. School of Rock provides music education and so much more for all aspiring musicians, from tiny tots to retirees. In addition to music education, the opportunities for press coverage, live gigs, and live-streamed gigs builds impressive resumes for young musicians, many of whom go on after high school to study music and become professional musicians. David's success tips are all great, but the one that really struck me was this. Proceed as if success is inevitable. Let me repeat that. Proceed as if success is inevitable. I would add, when you believe it, you'll see it. So proceed as if success is inevitable. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to David and his amazing journey. David, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to share your story, your journey, all about School of Rock Chapel Hill with our listeners. So welcome.
1: Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for inviting me to uh, participate in this. I appreciate it.
0: I'm really excited. I may have just given it away, but I'd like to start with, where are you in the world?
1: Well, if uh, people were watching on Zoom, they'd see my virtual background. It's a shot of a place called Garcia's, which is in Port Chester, New York. And it's where we had our house band on tour back in the summer of 2019. So it's kind of a fun action shot of uh, the kids on the stage and some other kids in the crowd. One kid's body surfing and uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. Physically, I'm sitting in the school at uh, School of Rock Chapel Hill here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And it's a Friday. We're closed on Fridays, So I have the place to myself and it's a fun place to be. I've, uh, I've enjoyed putting it together and Spiritually, I'm just in general in a much better place than I was a couple and a half weeks ago.
0: and uh, I'm <laughs> You looking are in very good company.
1: 2021 improving for all of us.
0: Yes. Uh, hear, here. I'm with you on that. And I look at, I love the background behind you. I was there, my kids, you know, full disclosure to our listeners. I know David very well. My children are both in School of Rock and in the house band at Chapel Hill. And those tours are so much fun and such a great experience for kids and adults and everybody who gets to be there. And I would love to talk about like, what is School of Rock for So people will probably know the movie, but they may not really know what the experience is in the school. So if you could, maybe that's a good starting place is to tell people what School of Rock is and what kind of things children and adults get to experience.
1: Sure. Well, School of Rock is a performance-based music instruction program. At the core level, we teach students of all ages how to play core instruments or guitar, bass guitar, piano, keyboards, drums, and vocals. But more importantly, we teach these students how to play together as a band. And we have different levels of groups based on age and experience from as young as six to as old as 96. And uh, we get these uh, young people mostly out on real stages at real rock venues all over the world regionally for us and uh, here in North Carolina mostly, but uh, we take our house band on tours uh, up and down the coast when we can, when there's not a pandemic. And most recently we've had them doing live streams from one of our larger venues here in the area, a place called The Cat's Cradle. And they've got a lot of great video and light and sound production equipment and experts that have enabled us to put together and and put out into the interwebs some pretty fantastic performances that, you know, we couldn't have crowds in the rooms for. So anyway, it's, it's a school. It's a music school. It's a franchise. We opened here. I bought this territory and opened here in May of 2017. So we're preparing to celebrate our fourth anniversary, and we've grown since then. We were scratching at the surface of 200 students before the pandemic broke out, and um, just today we um, so we're back up to 150. Which you know it's been quite a journey, but we've been hanging in there, and with the support of the families of our students, they've stuck with us and you know kept us doing the thing we're doing. Kept our staff employed. Many of our instructors, most of our instructors are real gigging musicians you know and so that source of income for them has gone away many of them are you know in what we call the gig economy Mm -hmm. Um, so they might have other jobs at restaurants or other such things and those jobs have gone away so our being able to continue to do what we do has helped sustain them and we're very grateful to the community for their help with that we teach music and we teach more than music we uh try to teach some life skills too, confidence and stage presence and presentation skills and that kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Before we started recording, we were talking about how even if these kids grow up and go out into the world, not as musicians on a professional level or never pick up an instrument again, the skills that they've learned. I mean, I watched my kids. My kids started back when we lived in Virginia from the time they were, gosh, I think, I think my son was in fourth grade when he started and he's in high school now going from you know, just kind of noodling on an instrument, thinking it's kind of fun to suddenly learning songs that they love. It's almost like a reverse engineering. I think, you know, because they're now my, both of my children are super nerdy (laughs) music theory geeks, but they learn it after loving music and loving being involved in it rather than starting with theory and, and making it a hardcore discipline. And so one of the biggest things that I've seen in both of my kids is work ethic. And a development of of a dedication and a discipline to something that they love doing, and they love doing it more than they think they have to, which is kind of eureka, (laughs) you know, compared to when I made them take piano lessons, you know, a million years ago and forced them to practice every day. It was such a hassle. I don't have to ask them to practice ever. They're always prepared.
1: Well, yeah. The interesting thing is, and and I I would attest to the fact that uh, your two young people are passionate about what they do here and what we do here. And that's just in and of itself, a life skill, finding what you're passionate about and then figuring out how you can put that to use in the world is something that's very, very valuable. And, you know, as you alluded to, our approach is not to sit them in a corner and make them learn music theory and how to read and write, you know, sheet music before they play a single note, but it's to teach them how to play a song and then find the joy of playing a song with a band. And then through the repetition and the practice of that, we start slipping in some of the theory that goes behind it and some of the the written you know notes on the page or the the charts if you will and so it's kind of like you know the way a young person learns to speak their native language. It's not through sitting down and learning punctuation and the alphabet and sentence structure. It's by listening and repeating and, and learning by doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I often talk about the only way to learn how to swim is to jump into the water. And that's kind of what we do here. And so the kids who stick with it ultimately learn about music theory and learn about all the transferable things, the concepts from one genre to the next or one song to the next. And with passion comes a focus and a dedication that creates a work ethic that doesn't feel like work, you know, Mm -hmm. and it becomes something that, you know, they want to do. And as they do more of it, they get better at it. And as they get better at it, they enjoy it more. And Mm -hmm. that creates a greater, deeper level of passion. And so that's just in and of itself, I think a skill that a young person can take with them to whatever they do after high school, hopefully college, but not necessarily, and, and whatever you know career path they choose to pursue, if they can find the things in that career that they are passionate about and lean into those and and focus on those, they're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. You can't help but be, and uh, that's kind of helped me here.
0: It's. It's more than music. I mean, that's the thing that just continues to stand out to me. We stumbled upon School of Rock back when we lived in the D.C. area for a summer program for my son, and he fell in love. That was it. That was the end. That was the beginning. (laughs) But what impressed me the most, and we've just had the experience with the two locations, is one is there's an overall culture in school of rock so i'd like to talk about that we can put a pin in that and come back to it as a franchise i think they do a fantastic job of that and and then each location kind of has its own identity but overall the quality control i believe it seems like anyway it comes top down which i think is a really successful way to run a branded franchise but the other thing is this excitement and this you know the development of the skill set but getting kids interested in something like in many ways again kind of looking at and not to knock classical training at all. There's absolutely a place for that. I would. Most of the teachers at the school have been classically trained, right? So, and our kids are receiving like a hybrid of that. I think, and and it's the best combination of like here's develop the love, and then we look at the technique and getting you know getting more into it. And I've watched, especially the house band kids, because we get to know the, them and their families. I've watched these young people develop into very mature professionally minded musicians where they're really treating it as something that they're serious about, but they still have fun and they love doing it. And I think it's Zig Ziglar who says, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And so this is, like you said, something they can carry with them, whether it's music or something else, but to develop that love and just get excited about it first and see where it takes you, I think is could be a great life mantra for them. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the things that makes the approach that we take kind of special is is the band or the group aspect of it, because that automatically implies, or I should say, requires, you know, a certain level of uh, teamwork and accountability and time management and respect for others you know not wasting other people's time by not being prepared you know we we have a lot of fun here we're playing rock and roll We're, we're playing some led zeppelin but everybody knows led zeppelin and they know when you know so and so didn't uh you know hit the change correctly or whatever and because the kids are the young people are playing with each other I think none of them wants to be the person who dropped the ball in the end zone as it were, or mm-hmm. missed, you know, the shot and, and, or missed the, the, the key or the chord change. And so, you know, there's a, there's a certain high expectation for, you know, being present. I mean, how many times in life have you worked with somebody who either wasn't there physically or you could see across the conference room table that they were doodling on their phone and really weren't focusing on what everybody was trying to accomplish. So being present is something that, you know, to play music with a the with a group, you have to be present. So that's that's a good skill that that they they take away from this, and really just confidence and growing your skill set and being able to be yourself. And and you were, you know, talking earlier about the way that the franchise environment um, is established and and, you know one of the things that we believe here is that you know it's really like all are welcome Mm -hmm. so if you love music doesn't matter if you are male or female or black or white or anything in between or what your gender identity is or what your preferences are or socioeconomic you know background might be you're welcome here and that has been kind of the vibe from the top down from day 1 and certainly one that I quickly adopted and instilled and you know we have you know very in-depth conversations with our instructors when we interview them to make sure that they are you know on board with that and we make sure that there's uh, it's a it's a place of positivity and affirmation and you know it's uplifting and i mean you know there's there's times for suggesting improvement in anything, you know, but doing it in a way that, you know, highlights, okay, these are the things you did well. And these are the things that you can continue to work on as opposed to, you know, you mess that up or whatever. And so that's, you know, part of the approach that we take here, which I think helps build confidence, helps instill a willingness to try something and possibly fail, but then, you know, try it again. Yeah. And um, you have to, Kind of have that to you know be a small business person to be a franchise owner, <laughs> and <laughs> you have to have that in life and um, it's really a, a wonderful thing to see how the kids you know embrace it. They come in from all kinds of different backgrounds and schools and levels of shyness to outgoingness, and as they work together, you can see them begin to blossom and, and mm-hmm. um, develop good relationships, healthy relationships with each other. And and that's uh, that's a fun thing to see.
0: It is a really fun thing to see. And I can, you know, I would like to reflect to you and attest that I definitely see that. My children see it. I hear from them the, the inclusivity, you know, how important it is. There's a sense of family, even to the extent where there's sometimes, you know, little spats, which is very family-like. And <laughs> they, but they sort it out. I mean, this is part of learning, you know, and- okay there's something else that we never might have thought of before and planned for which is this pandemic and how quickly that changed things because gosh at any given time how many people how many people does the fire marshal allow in the building at any given time right yeah. i mean we've been in there parties where it's been shoulder to shoulder <laughs> down to yeah you know no more than 5 people in one room with plexiglass between them and masks on their faces and sanitizer and their own devices and nothing or their own instruments and and you know the vocalists have their own microphones they bring in and out like it's super sterile and you have been very resilient as a business owner and that sets the tone for the kids and you know this pandemic has been really hard on kids, and yet here they are. I mean, we were very hesitant to come back inside the building just out of an abundance of caution. And it's the only building I'm comfortable letting my kids go in where I'm not there with them.
1: Well, I'm very appreciative and grateful that you have that much trust in what we're doing here. and and we were, you know we 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 moved pretty quickly, obviously, mm-hmm. as the the world, went into uh, quarantine, you know, back around St. Patrick's Day of last year, we did as well. And we were able to pivot, you know, 100% to online instruction there around March 17th and did that for, you know, several months. And then in June, as um, the governor here in North Carolina opened up it moved us from phase you know one to two to two a or whatever it was. I can't recall, but we were allowed to you know resume in person operations on a limited basis and in preparation for that, as you mentioned, you know we went out and Purchased and installed a whole bunch of plexiglass. Um, lots
0: boarded, and lots of plexiglass. <laughs> in,
1: uh, recite, but there's a lot of it in the building. And, yes,
0: there is. <laughs> uh, we
1: bought um, just a, a pallet load of hand sanitizer where we can find it. And, it uh, smells
0: like margaritas for the parents who are listening. <laughs> it's quite lovely. <laughs>
1: it does (laughs) uh, you know the the disinfecting wipes Mm -hmm. and you know temporary paper masks if anyone ever showed up without their mask which you know we've had happen maybe like twice yeah since then Um, and putting together policies and putting tape on certain places on the floor and certain seats where we can maintain six feet of social distancing at least and and asking kindly our, our parents who we love so much to please you know remain outside if they wouldn't mind you know to minimize the number of people in the building and we've got cleaning protocols in place you know between lessons and between rehearsals and you know all these things so we we have really worked very hard and made it an option for people and and some people have come back in right away some people did so more slowly some people, will come in for their group rehearsals, but continue to receive their lessons at home. Some people are still 100% online. We have actually a couple of our instructors who are still 100% online, which is fine. And Mm -hmm. we've made it optional for everybody and uh, have tried to make it as comfortable for everybody as we can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's worked. And we have had zero spread in our building. We've had a couple of families who've had some unfortunate incidents where maybe a parent tested positive from you know somebody that they were in contact with in their job. And they've been very transparent with us and said, listen, we've had a positive case in our family. We're going to keep our kid home for a couple of weeks and get them tested. And of course, we're, our response was, thank you very much. Yeah you know, we appreciate your, you know, looking out for us in that way. And, um, you know, those kids got their lessons online while they were at home. And when we got that information, I would let the appropriate people internally know any staff that might've been exposed or any other kids and their families who might've been exposed to a particular kid, mm-hmm. just let them know. And say you know, you might want to get tested. And, and we've had no spread here, you know, and now having said that, I've probably just jinxed it. No, nope, you
0: didn't. I'm going to touch wood for you here. Just <laughs> yeah. rubbing my desk here.
1: But, um, you know, yeah. we're, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. The vaccines are coming out. You know, I actually just reached out to the county health department to see if my instructors, my teachers can be included with the teacher category Mm-hmm. That is coming up next. I'm waiting to hear back from them. I'm hoping it seems like it would make sense since we're working with young people that they would. Yeah. But um, we are, you know, a private business, not a public school per se. but right. uh, We're just going to do the right thing until uh, doing the wrong thing becomes cool again.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. There's some some places to break the rules and other times, like during a pandemic, where using exercise in abundance of caution is the right thing to do. What well, I just I want to. <laughs> highlight something that you said, you know, that you feel really fortunate that the families who have had exposures or maybe someone's tested positive in their cohort have been transparent. And I would say that that is a reflection of how well you've managed the communication and safety and all of that from your perspective, because trust begets trust. Because people don't have to tell you, I suppose they, they could not do the right thing. Play dumb, you know, or whatever. But it's because you care, and we all care, and that's what love does. (laughs) You know, it really comes down to it that you know you show that you care, and so that's that's what comes back. Well,
1: I appreciate that, Tracy. You know, it became really clear to me very early on, and I mean, like very very early on. Before you know, I, I bought the business, I bought the franchise. I said, okay, you know, I love live music, I love rock and roll. I played the drums as a young person in a band and, you know, through the school and in my own garage band. And, you know, so it was easy for me to pick this as something to do in this phase of my, you know, work life and life life. And, um, but, um, I quickly realized that more than, providing music instruction and, you know, the band opportunity. What we were really doing here was building a community and providing a place, a safe place for young people mostly to come and be themselves and find like-minded individuals and grow. And I say this to the kids, you know, I don't make too big a deal of it with, you know, my emails to parents, my communications to parents. But, you know, occasionally I will say this when I'm addressing the kids directly and and I tell them, I said, look, you know, I love you like I love my own kids. And the reason I do the things I do or say the things I say or have the expectations that I have or hold you to, you know, certain things that I hold you to is because I want you to have a positive experience. I want this to be a positive place. I want this to be something that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things, you know, as, as we went into this um, pandemic, you know, <laughs> and and we weren't able to have face to face conversations like um, we would, you know, parents would come in, you know, drop their kid off or to pick them up, and we'd you know get to talk a little bit, and that kind of stopped,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: like abruptly. And <laughs> so I thought it's going to be really really easy for people who have lots of other things on their mind right now. And most everyone did to say, well, the music thing, you know, it's cool, but we're going to put it on hold. And I thought I better engage and engage consistently and, you know, transparently and, you know, be wide open and honest about what the situation is. We know what we're going to do about it, how we're going to approach it. And I, I started you know, sending out a lot of frequent communications just about the status of things and and you know, a lot of businessy kind of stuff. But then I also thought more than that, I need to maintain this sense of community and this sense of, you know, consistency. And I, I started doing this thing literally March twentieth. So three days later, <laughs> it's called Mr. Dave's Song of the Day. I sent out a daily email with some link to some song that I thought was interesting or fun or different, you know, across a broad spectrum of music. And um, it was a little bit of commentary and whatever. And I really opened up and shared a lot of myself that might not have otherwise been shared, you know, but maybe it turns out this pandemic might've been the best thing that ever happened to my business. I don't know. But for the standpoint of people getting to know me and some of the things that I think about. And, um, I did that every day for, I think it was at least three months or maybe six months. At some point I began to run out of steam a little bit and i converted it to a Mr. Dave Sunday song. So t- change it from daily to weekly. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, tried to keep that steady rhythm and that steady cadence of communication and engagement. And, um, it's nice, you know, I'll, I'll occasionally get an email back from a parent, you know, whatever song it might be or whatever band it might be. This was my favorite, you know, or this triggered a memory of this or whatever it is, you know, and it's always with the idea that I hope that when they open it up, if the kids are around and they're still young enough to not be too cool to hang out with mom for a few minutes or dad for a few, you know, that they play it and listen to it together as a family and maybe talk about it. I think last Sunday I put something out from sometime in the late 1930s, Glenn Miller song. that was Mm -hmm. a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but it spoke to me that morning. And I thought, well, I'm going to share this. And, you know, (laughs) and other times it's just rock and roll, but the communication and the regularity of it, when there's this isolation that we're all living through, I thought it was important, not only from the business perspective, but just from the human perspective. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> just,
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, reach yeah. out and touch somebody electronically. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I think that's a really, a really key point. One is you work with people. So connecting with people and being a human <laughs> a human running a business with other humans, it's really important to maintain that. And then on top of that, the vast majority of your clients are children. And so that's a whole other, it's probably a massive responsibility, but it's also a whole other aspect. And community is where it's at. And, you know, from the perspective of a parent, we want that. That's the thing that we crave. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons you know, I wanted my kids in a music program outside of school was because they're both very creative people and creative people who don't have the right kind of outlets can become at risk people. And I'm not, I'm not worried about that, but I definitely want to keep them on a track where that kind of energy gets channeled into something really positive and productive. And, you know, our joke in our house is, yeah, the great thing about School of Rock is like, everybody can go and wave their free flag there and it's cool. Everybody loves you. You just get to be whoever you are. My kids haven't participated in it, but like the songwriting program, I think that's brilliant because here are all these kids who have, especially when we weren't, especially last spring, when online school was just kind of like, let's just make sure we see everybody's face every once in a while. There wasn't a whole lot going on academically as they were adjusting and trying to figure out how to do online school to find a way to use sort of idle time and idle energy we can't just tell our kids to go outside and play if we live in a really crowded neighborhood. We have to think about things first, right? But you can go and write songs and get in get into a creative mode and be in a really productive and, and you know, growth-oriented space. So the things that you have created, not just in response to the pandemic, but also just for our children to be able to connect with and be in a community of people who are a lot like them and a lot of people who are a lot different from them. I just think it's a beautiful thing. It's It's... Like it's not just an extracurricular, not in our family, it's not.
1: It's It's been fun and, and it is more than an extracurricular, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the songwriting program as compared to the performance program and house band and other things that most of the kids are in, you know, where we're teaching them music by teaching them covers of popular songs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the songwriting program, it is a chance for those young people who are interested in doing it to develop their own compositions and their own lyrics. And, you know, I can say without, you know, getting into specifics of who or whatever, that um, there have been, you know, some very, it it provides an opportunity for some very deep and personal introspection and reflection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was one young person who, well, let me just say like this, I think all young people are trying to figure out who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of us adults are still trying to figure out who we are. And, um, you know, so this this songwriting program through, you know, a, a curriculum that we have, it, it helps, you know, develop the um, uh, discipline of, you know, working through prompts and then working through, you know, writing out lyrics and taking in an idea and, and building on it. And um, this young person was trying to figure out who they were. And thought they were one thing and came to the realization that they were completely the other thing. Mm. And wrote a very, and, and was going through a lot of stuff with their family
0: mm.
1: on this topic. And not necessarily getting the support from both parents that one might hope for. And so that was creating a lot of familial conflict. And um, this person, you know, wrote a, a very moving, very deeply personal Song that I don't know if they'll ever share it with anybody, but that's okay because yeah. it's theirs. It's their creation, and they can now, you know, do with it what they will. But it's it's uh, it's a neat thing. It's it's really, uh, yeah, it's a very positive thing. So we're continuing that, and we're you know offering some other things. where we've just announced um, some master classes that you know for those who want to get deeper into some theory on. You know different topics we've had instructors say i'd like to do a master class on you know women who sing the blues or i'd like to do a master class on the study of full-length albums i mean you know it's not so much something done these days but you know for those of us of a certain age who can recall going home after school and putting on an lp on <laughs> side one and laying down and staring at the ceiling and listening to the whole album side and then turning it over and listening to side two it was a a certain Zen kind of activity that I think is lost in this modern age. And so we're going to kick off an album appreciation masterclass and once have a thing where, you know, people can sign up and buy zoom with, you know, the instructor listen to an album and then have a, of a conversation about it and you know that's something i can remember as a kid you know getting together with some of my buddies and playing an album and then just saying man did you hear what they did in that song you know and and like kind of internalizing what's going on in the music Mm -hmm. or the lyrics or whatever so anyway i'm trying to provide different opportunities that way
0: yeah. And it's cool because you're meeting people where they're at, right? Like people are craving. I'm I'm hearing this a lot. They may not know exactly what they're looking for, but then you're going to share that you've got a masterclass on this and somebody's going to go, oh, that's so cool. That's what I want to do. So you're you're seeing a need. This is a business concept, right? Seeing a need or seeing a gap and filling it. And it's pretty easy to do now. You don't have to cap the class size or anything like that because you can do it online. It's great. Right. Right? right. And people maybe are somewhat getting tired of zoom, but the people who are tired of zoom are the ones who are sitting in these long, boring meetings that are going on about, and they're not getting to the point. Right. But to go and do something for whatever it is, an hour or two hours and have this opportunity. I mean, how cool is that? Anybody can participate. Like there's no, there's no barrier except maybe wifi. Right. <sighs>
1: Yes, yeah. so, and we speaking of anybody, we're opening it up to siblings and parents and the general public, like if somebody wants to participate in one of these master classes, they're welcome. Very uh, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: very, so, very cool. So I keep wanting to ask you, but then we we just have these other great things to talk about. But what made you take the leap of faith? Because you came from the corporate world? And now you own a music school. (laughs) So where did that come from?
1: (laughs) Well, gosh, how much time do we have?
0: Yeah, yeah, in in two minutes or less. (laughs) As
1: As a young person, I played the drums in a garage band and I wanted to be a musician and had a long drawn out, we'll call it discussion. It was more of an argument with the parents about the direction of my life, <laughs> and they prevailed, and I went to college um, and started a professional career, and got married, and had a family, and you know, spent, as you said, you know, many many decades in corporate America. But I always loved music, and as my own children got to the age where they were in college and heading to college, I began to think about how my soul had been dripping out of my ears for the last 30 years. (laughs) It was time to (laughs) recover. (laughs) Get some of it and stuff it back in if I can. And, you know, I started looking for opportunities and this School of Rock franchise opportunity came across my inbox and I started exploring it. And, you know, I, I told this story to an instructor back in the summer, we were having a summer camp and sitting outside having lunch and telling this exact story. And I said, you know, if I had gone directly into music, I'm not sure how it would have played out. But doing what I did enabled me to earn a living that I earned and put the money away that I was able to put away and and to qualify to take out a business loan to open the school, you know, mm-hmm. and um, put a little bit of equity into it. And It's been the best thing that I've ever done. I wish I'd done it sooner. You know, I'm so passionate about it. I wake up in the morning. Well, first of all, I don't sleep a whole lot anymore (laughs) uh, because I'm always always thinking about it. Because
0: you're a business owner now.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I wake up and, and, you know, I've got my list of things that I want to accomplish that day. And it's literally like on my calendar you know okay i'm going to send out this email i'm going to look into this thing i'm going to talk to this person blah 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 and i just love it i just you know i just you know i get up I, i'm not even out of you know like i've got a baseball hat and a sweatshirt on i haven't had a shower yet i'm eating my breakfast and i'm already typing you know and, and mm-hmm. it's just i just i have so much fun with it and then i come here into the building which i've had a lot of fun decorating like uh my own little clubhouse. And
0: uh, (laughs) by the way, for our listeners who aren't in Chapel Hill, it is, so this building is really cool. It used to be a diner, right? A 1950s diner. And before that, it was probably like a service station or something. It's got the big garage bay doors, right? Yep. And you were able to retain a lot of the original look and feel of the diner, which is just incredibly cool. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got the booths and the old bar and uh, some tables and some stools, and the bar is a reception counter. We're not serving anything there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's BYOB. No, you can't. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> it's not.
1: It, it is not. <laughs> it is not. But, um, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a fun place to be, and I try yeah. to make it a little quirky and and interesting for the the young people and the adults, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I just uh, hung a an eight inch disco ball in hmm. uh you know toward the uh where the students hang out and to mixed reviews. You know, some people think it's the coolest thing they've ever seen and other people are like, what's that?
0: Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> it's like, like the teenagers, you know, the high school kids are like, what's it <laughs> doing? Everything is suspect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so but I have fun with it. That's cool.
0: I, yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's that's how I got into the business. And it's it's a great business. I was actually just on a call this morning with the CEO of the corporate, you know, mothership, as I call them, um, a guy named Rob Price. And, you know, just talking about where we are with the business, kind of bringing them up to speed on what's happening here in Chapel Hill, thinking ahead to, you know, some things we can do while we're still in the pandemic mode and then things we can do after. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a very family oriented type of operation, and I can pick up a phone and and call anybody at any time and and know that they're there to help, um, which is really nice.
0: Yeah, it's really impressive. I mean, that's something, as a business person, observing how things work, and I don't understand the inner workings, but just watching from an operations perspective, which is my background, it's like, wow, it's really cool how they provide the framework, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, the framework for building this out, and yet you get the support to grow it the way that it would need to grow in the region that you're in because you you know you have your certain territory and our experience after traveling with several school of rock schools when we've gone on tour and when they come through town and you know is that there's a very different flavor to each location. When we were in Virginia, those owners have three locations. And if there are three locations, each one is extremely different from the other. But the thing that's consistent and stays, you know, on brand is the development of the culture mm-hmm. and and the love and the care and the attention to detail. And like, we never question whether our tuition is being well spent. It's just never, you know, we occasionally check and make sure it went out of our bank account and that's pretty much it. Like we don't even think about it anymore because the quality is so high and that transfers from location to location. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you. And and I've I've certainly been very intentional, at least in my mind, I've been very intentional in, you know, trying to make sure that the culture of this. School of Rock location reflects the culture of the surrounding community. You know, we're here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And of course, um, it's the home of the University of North Carolina. So there's a very strong culture of the importance of academics, the importance of, you know, quality programming for the young people in the community. Parents expect that, especially for, you know, their dollar and you know, we're we're very fortunate. UNC has an amazing music program, and I would say, well, all of my instructors have been trained in music in one way or another. But most of them have actually graduated from UNC's music program, so they're college graduates. Mm-hmm. Many of them have uh, added uh, master's degrees, and you know, so I I know that they know how to teach music. <laughs> first of all,
0: yeah, yeah, and, um, at a high level.
1: At a high level, mm-hmm. and then I think just the vibe and what we try to do here locally is very Chapel Hill, Carborough, you know, which is an, an adjacent town base, you know, and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a funky cool, crunchy, kind of, you know, college town kind yeah, of Yeah, those thing. were the
0: adjectives that were coming to mind. Yeah. <laughs> crunchy, yeah, chill, I mean, very laid back.
1: Very it's laid very back. laid
0: back here, yeah. I, Especially you know, <laughs> transplants from D.C., it's so laid back here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I grew up in, yeah. in Philadelphia, which is yeah. actually where the first School of Rock was founded. And, you know, the the, the School of Rock locations in the cities have a certain mm-hmm. different... You know approach or maybe it's a little edgier I mean they're all very welcoming, and you know the, the culture as you say it's 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 very similar as a baseline, but then you know we're we're the Chapel Hill flavor variety of that and yeah. I, I think that's what has made us um, work. We're not I did not want to look and feel like a corporate entity coming into town. you know, I wanted it to feel local I think I think we've managed to do that. Pretty yeah, easy.
0: yeah, you really have. You know, when we so we came on the scene here, what in August I think of 2017 or maybe September, early September around then. Yeah. So the school was still a baby school. I mean, in many ways, the school still is a baby school, right? Still kind of still a little yeah. wet behind the ears. But watching the growth and seeing, you know, it's a little different now. But pre-pandemic or in the before times, as we're saying, you know, coming and seeing each like week over week, seeing new faces and more people in the building and. I don't know it's been really fun watching the growth again from from the parents perspective but also from a business perspective because we we love school of rock so we want you to be successful so to see more and more people coming in and now there's a little bit of a buzz in town and you know I think it's it's very cool I think another thing that I think is really amazing and this is probably top down and then it conveys at the local level is this company has amazing PR develops relationships with organizations that can support these musicians as they go out into the world while they're under the umbrella, but also as they go on. Opportunities, I mean, I think it's really cool. Like some of our house banders have been able to go live on the radio, on local radio, which is like crazy. (laughs) Um, Have been featured in local magazines, have, you know, I mean, these are my children have more press. (laughs) <laughs> than I have had in my entire career. <laughs> I'm like, wow. which it's so cool, right? And they have this opportunity. And, you know, what my daughter is getting to the place where she's starting to apply for or starting to prepare for applying for colleges. And she her repertoire, her resume is crazy. It it's really, insane.
1: That's that's something that, yeah, she will have an insane resume for mm-hmm. sure. I can remember helping her just list all the venues she's ever played at for and uh, Application for something once upon a time, and, and more mm-hmm. since then. And as you say, the radio station and the live streams that we're doing now, and the magazine, yeah. you know, articles, and you know, it's, you know, gosh, if 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 money were no object, you know, I would have like blitzed it from day one. But I've right. had to kind of slowly build the yeah. layers of the cake. And you know, the the radio stuff gets uh, recorded and and put online, and so it lives out there for. Mm-hmm. time eternal, I guess. And, you know, the live streams, um, as long as uh, the venue links stay live, they're going to stay live. And, you know, I just, I I think that, uh, like you said, you know, having this experience with the press, you know, it took a long time in my corporate life before I was in a role where I could potentially be interviewed about something and they put me through a pretty extensive media relations training, you know, (laughs) experience. (laughs) You
0: will um, (laughs) behave this way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) These kids are kind of learning by doing, you know, occasionally before the radio gig, for instance, I'll I'll prompt them and say, okay, here's what's going to happen. Here are the types of questions you'll be asked, you know, be prepared to talk about X, Y, or Z. Yeah.
0: And it's really cool watching them and listening to them rise to the occasion, you know, and we, we end up, I end up hearing, you know, ooh, that's our spokesperson. That one right there who's talking right now, that's that's <laughs> our spokesperson. <laughs> like, note to self. I hope the parents are taking notes of, like, in ways to encourage our child to go out in the world. Because it is, it's, it's another skill set, right? Yeah. It's just all these great opportunities, yeah.
1: Sometimes it's the, the kid you didn't expect it would be, the shy one suddenly. Mm-hmm. They're on the radio, boy, they have a lot to say.
0: I know it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. And this is the other thing: is like these leadership skills, just another skill set. Public speaking. A lot of people are so terrified of it, but it's really not so bad if you love what you're talking about, right? right? So they're going to learn that. They're going, you know, they're these kids are taking risks all the time. We take them to places where they've never been and throw them on stages and tell them to rock the crowd out,
1: (laughs) you know, and they do you know you you mentioned taking a risk and i think that's something you had mentioned when you were asking me about taking the risk to get into this business mm-hmm. and one of the reasons i think it has worked you know for what this is worth is it was a risk i mean mm-hmm. i put you know some some home equity into it i took a big you know took on some debt you know put a lot of time and effort and energy but Early on, like at the very beginning, it was just myself and our first uh, general manager, Jesse, who you'll remember. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she we and love I, Miss
0: Jesse. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, she was great. And Miss Haley is, uh, she's got a new nameplate here. It's Director of Awesomeness. Somebody, Director of
0: Awesomeness? I yeah, thought that's so perfect. Uh, that's her. The, that's totally her.
1: Gave that to her for uh, Christmas this year. It's <laughs> <anyway>. very sweet. <laughs> Jesse and I were having a meal and we were just talking about things and I, it must've been around the holidays and I had found this Christmas card that I gave her and it said something that I thought was just so appropriate for where we were. And it's still appropriate today. And essentially what it said was we will proceed as if success is inevitable. And that was it. But then, yeah. you know, I added to that and it will be, Yeah. because if you do something like like in a football game if if you're playing not to lose, if you're playing defense, you know and just hoping that the other team doesn't win, there's a good chance you're going to lose right but if you just put it all in, on the table and just go for it and just do the things with a confidence that it's going to work, that does a couple of things I think it sends out the vibe <laughs> that this is going to work, that this is working, that it's real. Yep. It, it, which people, you know, they, they see that, they feel that, they, they believe in it. And then also, it forces you to do things in a way that is going to get you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And I really, really believe that. I was having a conversation with one of our students just the other night. And uh, he was talking about, you know, some different things he's thinking about doing after high school. And the direction that he wants to go, and you know, we're, we're just chatting. And I, and I said, you know, for what this is worth, take it or leave it. Write your ideas down. Write them on paper. And then what what you've done there is you've taken something that's just air and you've made it a real thing. And now you've got a plan. And now you now you know, take each one of those things and say, what are the steps I need to take to get there? And then. You're not going to do it all in one day, but just one at a time, slowly work on those steps. And before you know it, you're halfway there. I so, say yep. you know, the journey of 10,000 miles starts yeah. with
0: you. It's something, I do this with my clients. We start with speaking in the present tense as if everything they want to accomplish is already done. Yep. And what happens, and it's actually, you know, proven through neuroscience studies, but what happens is the subconscious mind hears this present tense business of complete and goes, what, (laughs) where's the, I missed the memo. So we're here now, cool. So all the things that stand between where you are now and where you wanna be are already handled and your mind is already in that place. So what a gift you've given this this student that you were talking with to to start there, start from it already being done and behaving as if and believing. Like it's not, You know, I tell people this all the time. And here in the US, we have this phrase that people say and it makes my skin crawl. I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) it's the other way around. The way it works is always the other way around. You will see it when you believe it because your mind will go for it. Everything you want will go to focus and find it and create it. So a great analogy of this is like, if you're looking for a car and you've, I've probably used this in so many interviews now. So you're welcome listeners that you get to hear it again. You decide on the car you want down to the color and the package and all those things. And then you're on your way to the dealership to go get it. And you see like, 8, 10, 12, however many, however long you're on the road, you see a whole bunch of them. And it's not as if the manufacturer just dumped them all onto the market. That's where your focus is. The day I bought the car that I have, which is not a usual color, I saw five. And mine is a hybrid. They were all hybrids. (laughs) It was so weird, but that's just the way it goes. Our attention goes to whatever our focus is on. So if we focus on ourselves having accomplished what we're looking for, now we're in that mindset. It's a great hack. It is a fantastic hack. Cause it's you will see it after you believe it always. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. What a gift you've given that young person well, that you're speaking we'll with.
1: We'll see what he does with it, you know. Yeah. May go in one ear and out the other, but maybe yeah. trigger a memory and
0: I think they listen more than we think they do. They just don't like to let on. <laughs> That's my experience with my teenagers anyway, because sometimes I'll hear them talking amongst themselves saying, well, you know, mom did say blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, they do listen. This is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, well, what a, this has been such a great conversation. We've kind of gotten to the place where I would love to ask you if you have some advice to share with people. It can be from the perspective of franchising or from a mindset for success or entrepreneurship, anything that supports people. Yeah. Give us your best pieces of advice.
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I just gave one of them, which is proceed as if success is inevitable, because that's the only way that it will be. I think something I learned once upon a time, you know, with that in mind is what I call scenario planning. Mm -hmm. So it's taking, okay, this is my idea. Now, in the best case scenario, here's what it's going to look like. In the worst case scenario, here's what it's going to look like and then somewhere in between those two is the goldilocks version that's just right that's the most probable outcome right mm-hmm. and so you know there are many folks who have a whole lot of excel spreadsheet skills and will glom right onto this easily that's <laughs> that's me and then there are those with you know more right brain type of skills, but you can, it it applies to both. Think about, okay, what's it going to be if everything goes as exactly as I planned it, what's it going to be if nothing goes as I planned, because that's, that's where you got to say, okay, can I tolerate that outcome? And then what's most likely going to happen? Some combination of the two. And then you just go Mm -hmm. and go for the best. And hopefully it ends up as the most likely. So scenario planning is something that I encourage everybody to do. You know, passion, we talked about that earlier. Do what you enjoy, and it will go well. So make sure you know you pick something that that is uh, that you have an interest in. If you're just doing something to make money, you'll probably make a little money. You know, maybe you'll make a lot of money someday. I hope I'll make some money.
0: <laughs> um, Coming into know. year four, you're probably about to turn that corner. I okay. hope like, so. The, yeah, pan-
1: the pandemic off.
0: has uh, slowed <laughs> that down a bit. Mm-hmm. A lot over. of us have experienced that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, you can still wake up every day excited, and that's important. And then remembering to celebrate the small wins and the incremental victories along the way. Because, Mm. you know, like I told this young person, it's not going to happen all at once. You know, you're going to do it step by step. And it's easy to fall into a trap of saying, I'm never going to get there, or it's taking too long or, you know, <laughs> yeah, I messed up this one thing.
0: Eh. That's how you learn.
1: You mess up one out of uh, 50 or one out of a hundred, you're doing pretty good. So, you know, yeah. you got it. And, That's how we and, learn.
0: Yeah. If we're not messing up and experiencing some level of failure along the way, we're, we are likely playing way too safe.
1: That's right. Got to risk a little Mm -hmm. and you know, you got to be tough and and an analogy that I used once in a a little Ted talky style thing that I gave was leaning in to the blizzard and keep putting one foot in front of the other. It goes back to one of my very first jobs. I delivered newspapers as a kid and there was a big blizzard and I still had to deliver the papers and I couldn't ride my bike and I just had to walk and um, I had to lean into this wind that was coming in and what usually took about 45 minutes took close to four hours and at the time I felt like well there is no alternative you know I have to keep walking or I will freeze to death Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I just kept walking, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I got some hot chocolate at the end of it all, which was nice. And yeah, it's
0: your reward. <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, and some nice tips that week actually. I bet.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> I bet they probably took a lot of pity on you. Pity yeah. tips.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing, and yeah. this this goes back to you know something like a, a bike racer might talk about is like when you're going up the hill that's when you push because everyone else is going to try to conserve energy. They're going to slow down. You're going to win the race when everybody's sitting at home in front of the fire, you keep one foot in front of the other and keep heading toward your goal. You're going to win the race. So, you know, persistence, perseverance.
0: Yeah, it's true. Most people kind of give up. Well, not most people, a lot of people give up just before the magic. So, Uh my advice to people has always been if you're starting to agitate and get really frustrated and maybe even a little angry at the situation or at the world or whatever, you're probably about to break through because that level of frustration and irritation and whatever, that's actually change entering your system. You're really close. You're closer than you think. And that's, you know, like you're saying on that hill, that's where you put the effort in. That's where you go all out because pretty soon you're going to be there at the top. And it, it just, Something magical happens, it like changes. And for everybody on the outside, it looks like it was overnight. The rest of us know we were slogging at it for four or five years or more before (laughs) it actually became something. Right. So hang in there, guys, because it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's all horrible because it's not. It's amazing and wonderful to be able to do the thing you love. And remember that there are going to be times when you're in the trenches, but you're almost there, especially if you feel like you're about to lose your mind over it, because that's usually the point at which you're about to experience the big breakthrough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Build a good team around you. That's the mm-hmm. other
0: thing. Absolutely.
1: When things go bad, it's nice to have friendly faces. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And people who are committed to the vision and who will hold it for you if you if you just need to go sulk for a little minute (laughs) or just you know, despair in the corner. (laughs) Because that's going to happen occasionally too. You just got to let yourself do that. It'll process and it'll pass. And then you just get back in the saddle or whatever, get back to it. So yeah, Yeah. it's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, this has been such a great conversation. And you know, as a parent, I thank you for real for everything that you and your team have created for our children, all of our collective children, for the gift of music and all of the life skills that come with what you do there. It's truly remarkable. It really is a special place for our listeners who, not every school of rock has adult programs, but if you're an adult, you don't have kids, and you want to do music, go find a school of rock that might be able to accommodate you. They're pretty much everywhere. And if you have kids and you're interested in music, this is such a fun way to be involved in music. And it's really, they turn out a lot of professional musicians from this company, a lot
1: and yeah. I, I know at least uh, a couple of them that you might know, Tracy, that uh, have a good, good shot at that themselves. So.
0: Yes, I I might know them. <laughs> we may have a lot of talks behind the scenes about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and thank you for saying that. I'm I'm very proud of them, and I you know try to manage my bias around them. But <laughs> but there, you know, there is an opportunity, and there's a lot of connections. So. If people want to know specifically about School of Rock Chapel Hill, where can they find you? What's the best yeah. place?
1: So, a couple of places: our website chapelhill.schoolofrock.com, or even if you just go to schoolofrock.com, you can you know find locations, and we'll pop up. You can find us on Facebook at S O R Chapel Hill. You can probably just do a search on School of Rock Chapel Hill. You can email us at chapelhill at schoolofrock.com or you could call us (laughs) 919-338-1011.
0: I will put all of this in the show notes so if you didn't catch it just go you know click back or whatever you have to do to go find that screen all that information will be there so that people can reach out to you and again just thank you so much I mean it's been such a great conversation and thank you for the gift of music and for sharing that with these wonderful people locally and with the world really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Tracy. I've really enjoyed this and I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.